We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Uh, the uh, Rogers on a McAfee and said some things edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Dusty Evely. No Steve Perhatch tonight. He's a little under the weather, but with me, as always, is the always wonderful Sarah Kelleher. Sarah. How are you? First of all, you're on a business trip. You are doing this. This is your devotion to what you're doing. You're in a hotel recording this podcast. Greatly appreciate it. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And yes, if my sound isn't up to quality that it is every week, I apologize, but I am traveling for work. But the show goes on, just like when there was a hurricane in Florida, found a way, recorded in the closet, um, on the business trip, recorded in the hotel. But no, this is always, and you know, I've talked about it before, it's just a great outlet for me to talk. And you know, usually I hang out with Dusty and Steve. You know, Dusty mentioned Steve's under the weather. Steve, we love you. Get better soon. Um, but it's always great to talk Packers with the two of you, whether or one of you. Um, and so I'm glad that after, you know, a long busy day, I get to do this. So I'm good. Um, absolutely wonderful weekend of watching football. I mean, mm, mm-hmm. that first round of the playoffs was incredible. Just so many awesome moments. And um, I'll be honest, it, it was kind of nice not to have to worry about the Packers losing or making me very upset. Of course, did I 
Do I wish that they were better and that they were in the playoffs? Yes. But as a fan of this sport, as a fan of this game, it's also nice to just sit back, relax, not worry, and really just enjoy some great entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I know I'm not the only person that's thought. I was watching the Niners just absolutely clap the Seahawks. Yeah. And I was like, could have been us. Could have been us. Um, so mm-hmm. that was it. Was a fun game to watch without having a rooting interest uh, because, uh, as always, Shanahan threw threw some nice stuff out. It was a nice kind of like ease into the weekend. Just an absolute like the game was close at the half, uh, and then just an absolute boat race by the second half. And then we got Jags Chargers in the afternoon. We got Bills Dolphins, uh, which was closer than it should have been. Giants Vikings the next day. Bengals Ravens the next day, and then we capped it off with Cowboys Bucks. So we got two blowouts. That book ended just an absolutely insane weekend. So, Sarah, what were some of your favorite, what were a couple of your, just your standout moments from the weekend, just from any of the games? I mean, the top of the list is the Vikings losing and mm-hmm. proving that they were pretty much fraudulent, like a lot of people thought. Um, my dad sent me some hilarious texts after the game. I'll, I have them pulled up, and he said, Seeing the Vikings lose at home sure does help make up for us not being in the playoffs. And I said, sure does. And then for about the next 20 minutes after that, he just would randomly about every three, four minutes send some sort of just ultra dad meme about how bad the Vikings were. So the first one was just an empty trophy case with the Vikings logo that said 1960 to 2023. And then um, the Vikings logo and skull, but it says still keep on losing. Um, And I could tell he was probably just like uh, giggling to himself as he sent them to me. And that made me very happy. But yeah, Vikings losing at home to the Giants, top of the list. Um, The incredible Jaguars Chargers game was Mm -hmm. nuts. You know, I actually was one of those people that at halftime I said, you know, I've got some other shows to catch up on and this game really stinks. Trevor Lawrence, maybe he isn't it. Um, and then got a text from my boyfriend about an hour later that said, you need to turn the game back on because crazy things are happening. I did was very glad that I, I got to see the end of that game and uh, you know, happy for Jacksonville. They they've been through a lot. I know lots of good people that are Jacksonville fans here in Florida and they are just over the moon about this and they are just so excited. And so it's pretty cool to see. Um, so I would say those were my top two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the Vikings specifically, fourth and eight and cousins throwing short of the sticks high and behind a tight end that had no chance of making the first down. What a tremendous moment. Like I, I legitimately just laughed out loud when that happened. I was, that was perfect. Kirk cousins is a perfect way for the Vikings and God just absolutely loved it. I was, I I laughed very, very hard. Said some, some fun uh, play designs in the Niners game, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And then, yeah, I mean, that Jags game, Jags game was insane. Um, I did not turn the game off because I said to myself out loud, and there's no one else awake in the house, anything can happen in the playoffs. But really, I just wanted to see if 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 he was going to throw more picks than Brett Favre <laughs> against the Rams. Uh, and then they came back, which was exciting, which then I cursed him for later when the Cowboys were up big on the box. And I was like, anything, anything can happen in the playoffs, but I didn't truly believe it. And then I had to watch that whole just, just I mean, Dak just absolutely dicing up the Bucks. Yeah. Uh for 60 minutes, which he was fun was to watch, cutting. but oh my gosh, he looked amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, tremendous, tremendous. And then the, the, I mean, Bengals Ravens, which was kind of a slog fest, but you had 
Tyler Huntley picking up a fumbled snap and then uh, picking up, getting a big gain off of it. You had that just insane game, game swinging QB sneak with the ball knocked out of his hands and taken the other way. I mean, just and then almost a Hail Mary to tie it up at the end. It was it was two inches from a guy's hand. So great. I can't wait to see what happens this weekend. I'm I'm hyped for all the games. But I think Bucks Niners uh, or not Bucks Niners. I'm sorry. Cowboys Niners uh, should be just absolute a tremendous game. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, so Sarah, it's Tuesday. Uh, we did not have one last week. This week, I guess, as recording it, we're Tuesday. This is Tuesday. This week, we had Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee. He came. He's going to be there next week as well. So we've got that to look forward to. Uh, it was long. He did not have. We don't have a game to talk about. You know, I think he he did touch on some of the playoff games. We talked about some of his favorite plays, which is always fun to listen to Rodgers talk a little ball. That I always love on football players who are not playing watch other games uh, that of the guys they admire and the guys they love and all that. So that was fun. But the, there was not necessarily a hope. I think, you know, some people perhaps thought maybe he's going to drop some news on McAfee. He didn't really, but there were a lot of conversations around thoughts, I guess, about going forward. He said a lot without saying a whole lot. So we'll hit on, I guess, a couple topics. There's some clips floating around the internet. We'll hit on some of those because you watch the whole thing and then just, just drop whatever you want after that. So to start off, the big thing was, he was in Green Bay last week. He talked to Brian Gutekunst. AJ Hawk, that's one of the first things I asked. AJ Hawk asked him out of the gate, was this one of your standard exit interviews that like all guys have, or is this something a little different? And I know there was some conversation kind of floating around about that, but when that question was asked, what was what was the overall feel? What was what did, what was some of the stuff Roger said in response to that? Yeah, honestly, he didn't really get into the specifics of the conversation. He he basically said, Yeah, you know, we do it every year, it was a good conversation, and then kind of, you know, bridge the question to something else and talked about how, you know, he's just spent some time with coaches, players, people he cares about after the season ends, which is really standard, you know, when, when you lose, um, you know, especially early before the playoffs, you just want to, you know, make sure you talk to the guys that you really care about, that you have relationships with, so on and so forth, that he said right away, uh, just as we suspected he would last week, uh, He's not mentally or emotionally ready to give an answer about his future right now. And apparently the Packers aren't really pressing him for one either. Um, And he basically, after that, expressed gratitude for everyone he's met along the way, whether it be teammates, coaches, even guys like Pat and the boys that he's come to know uh, through this journey. Uh, And he said, you know, at some point you have to be willing to to hop off and, and call it quits. And he's trying to determine when that right time is. And, you know, after that got into talk more talk about gratitude how, and, you know, Pat McAfee asked him, you know, there, there seems to have been a shift in the last few years that you're more vocal about just soaking up the moment and being, you know, happy that you're here and present. And he said, you know, 2017 breaking his collarbone, one of the most serious injuries that he's dealt with in his career really gave him a new perspective about, who he was away from football and then, you know, obviously getting hurt in week one in 2018, that changed. And that was a tough season with the departure of Mike McCarthy and things like that obviously changed things for him too. So um, really just talked more um, about kind of where he's at and why he's feeling the way he is and his mindset versus any decision or details about the conversation. All right. So let's, let's talk about the mindset a little bit. Cause that's, that's kind of what's been dominating with some of the clips, clips floating around. So I don't have exact quotes in front of me. I did take notes on a lot of this stuff, but just, just throwing out just a handful of random stuff that he said, uh, if they want to go a different direction to go younger and go with Jordan and I still want to play, that only leaves one option to play somewhere else. Uh, they asked if he felt he could still play. And he said, I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. 
Is that situation Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. There's more conversations to be had. Uh, talked about how he said he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. Uh, he said reloads are different or those are fun, but he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And then kind of talked about the nature of rebuilds and guys aren't going to tell you they're rebuilds, even if you know that they're kind of rebuilds. Um, so I mean, with all that being said, I mean, he talked about uh, being, and this is, you know, again, the clips are floating around. He talked about the potential of not being in Green Bay. And, and you know, he said he wanted to be back, but, you know, there needs to be, that needs to be on both sides, which Gutekunst has already said that they kind of want him back. But he's talked more about, in this interview, for as near as I can remember, talked more about the potential of playing somewhere other than Green Bay than he is, like, staying in Green Bay at this point. Uh, and so, again, these are clips. They're two-minute clips that gets floated around. Beyond that, they're quotes that get distilled down into... 80 characters or whatever you want to do for that. And so they get really taken out of context. So some of those kind of bigger quotes there, some of the, those ideas, what were some of the context behind that? Did it seem like that he was thinking about leaving or that just seemed like that, that kind of happened naturally in the course of conversation? Yeah, I think, you know, watching it, it all and seeing how the questions were asked, I, I think he honestly is truly torn. Um, and, you know, that's not just a cop out answer that that's how I feel. Um one thing I did notice is that when uh, they asked him that question, um, he said, you know, when he came back, he really wanted to finish his career in Green Bay. So, you know, if you want to dissect every word and the way that Rogers is talking, you know, that was past tense. So, you know, he said he wanted to. Is that not a possibility? I, I don't know. Again, this is all speculation. We're, at, we're on full Rogers watch again. Um, so <laughs> this is what's going to happen. But um, then he, you know, he turned that around and into a, a positive and what you, what you mentioned, Dusty, you know, you said in 2019, um, well, actually before that, uh, AJ Hawk said, you know, there's a lot of people on, on Twitter or just that are talking, saying that, you know, Rogers is, is done. He's not as good. He's getting old, whatever, uh, they should move on. And so I didn't really think he got too worked up about the whole, rebuilding and um, moving on and being MVP, no matter whether it's in Green Bay or somewhere else, until they brought up that there are people out there that are talking about moving on from Rodgers. And that's when he said, you know, oh, I, you know, people said I was washed in 2019 when we were trying to figure out offense. So then I came back and won MVP two years in a row. So I wasn't sure if maybe that caused him to get a little frustrated because he's like, what more can I do? I, you know, I'm doing my best. I just went two MVPs. How can people say this? I don't know. Um, again, it's kind of hard to tell, but as far as like what he means in his decision, I, I am unsure. And I think he is too, but I did think he was a little more candid speaking about how, um, there are other possibilities that aren't the Packers. You know, he, um, in the past had always kind of just seemed like retirement or um, staying in Green Bay. And now it seems like maybe there are more doors. Um, I would be, and this is just strictly my opinion, I would be surprised if he completely retired um, because it still at this point feels like he has a fire left in him and that there's some unfinished business that he wants to address. Yeah, I'd buy that. I, I, that's that's a good point you bring up about uh, just at the the way that question was brought up, and and like you said, maybe him being frustrated. I know one of the things he said was after 2019, when people thought that potentially he was he was washed, quote unquote, uh, that the two back to back MVPs, he made a point of saying like 
then I won back to back to MVPs without doing anything differently. So like basically implying like I, or not implying straight up saying, uh, it's not like I prepared extra before 2020 and 2021. That's just, I went into it with the same approach I always did. It just worked better because of the system more or less. Uh, and because with the, because of the comfort and some of the guys that were there. So I thought that was interesting, but yeah, I mean, and then through that, <laughs> through you talking about that, I did, I did, I found myself thinking, well, he's not retiring the way, <laughs> the way he kind of talked and the way he got frustrated and the way he talked about some of the guys in the room in later parts, which we'll talk, talk about here in a second. Um, it, it does not seem like to me that he, that he's a man who was contemplating retirement and he did, he definitely, like you said, he left the door open to go places, uh, more than he has in the past. Does that necessarily mean that he wants out or was he just frustrated? And I think that the context around that, I think makes a lot of sense in terms of like uh, why he answered the way he did in a lot of those. Um, so appreciate that. And then last up, just as far as, as far as big ticket things here, he did have some things to say about, say, positives on the season. Um, I asked him, like, you know, you kind of look back and it's a little raw. You're a week out from the season. You feel like maybe you should still be playing. But what were some positive things? I think that was a, a tie question. What were some positive things you took from the season? Um, and I know he talked about some of the rookies and stuff, but what did he uh, what, what did he kind of talk about as far as takeaways from the season? Yeah, he mentioned, you know, uh, Dobbs. And even though he had some struggles throughout the season, excited to see how he progressed. Um as well as other things, but something that he jumped to right away is really a highlight of his season was getting to reunite with Mike McCarthy. Um, He said, you know, one of the top moments of the season was getting to talk to big Mike and that made everything that we went through this season, um, all the adversity worth it. I said, you know, I had a conversation with him off camera, just the two of us and we were able to catch up and he just has so much respect for him. And really he called that out as, probably the best part of the season for him just because it meant in that relationship means so much to him yeah he did i think he said he talked about mike mccarthy dancing with the chain the the clip that was going on he said he said briefly dancing kind of qualify that briefly dancing with the chain uh which i enjoyed um well so i mean that's that was some of the big big things uh that i kind of took away from some of that was there any other kind of things you wanted to hit on the on the mcafee stuff before uh before we kind of moved on anything else that really kind of stuck out to you Uh, The only couple other things, um, you know, he mentioned that, you know, when he's making a decision about guys that he wants to retire with, guys that he wants to have on his team the last time that he's on the field, you know, he mentioned guys, I'm looking at my list of names here, he mentioned Big Dog, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazar, David Bakhtiari, and Robert Tunyon as, as key guys for him. He said, you know, he... Those are the guys and all of them are kind of up in the air of whether they're coming back to the Packers or not. So that's another thing that I'm sure will factor into his decision, whether, you know, I'm not sure if all of them will come back. It doesn't seem like something that may be likely, but can they get at least half of those guys back, all of them but one? You know, that will sort of play into things, too. And, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, that might come back to Rodgers too. If Rodgers wants to be part of a, a reload versus a rebuild, he's going to have to be willing if he wants some of his friends to come back. And um, not only are they his friends, but a lot of those guys are difference makers on the field and in the locker room, you know, and they're going to want their payday. They're going to want their money too. And Rodgers has a bit of a complicated and complex contract. So maybe it's restructuring that and looking at that. And if you can restructure Rodgers to bring some of these other guys back to keep Rodgers happy, then maybe there's a reality that that works, but all of those things would have to come together. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, and then they, you know, they just talked about a lot of 
non-football related things or I mean they did talk about the playoffs Brock Purdy and just kind of the sensation that he's turned into here the second half of the season um, so they talked about that a little bit a golf for a long time you know what some of Rogers offseason plans are whether it's Malibu going to the Kentucky Derby things like that um, and then to end the show they he dropped his head lasso quote um, about you know if you've watched Ted Lasso, there's the infamous start scene, be curious, not judgmental. Um, and he basically said, you know, that's a great message to send to everybody that we should be more curious in life and not so quick to judge. And you know, I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan. Love that quote. Have a sticker of it on my laptop. So I thought that was a pretty cool way to end the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, that's a clip. I mean, I love that show. That's a clip I, I watch about every two weeks. Just that yeah, entire. Yeah, anytime it's, it's retweeted so and it's on my timeline, I watch the the clip in full. It's so good. It's so good. Um, barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Uh, well, thank you, Sarah. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate you taking half of your day to watch an Aaron, Aaron Rodgers interview. R- roughly how long it took to get through Listen, that, I think. So it better not be over an hour next week. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Log in. It's going to be three hours. And Sarah's. I'm not making the show tonight, guys. I just. I'm not yeah. doing it. <laughs> Go on oh, without my me. My goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we got some questions. Um, as always, we, we put calls out. Listen, we didn't get a whole lot and we don't fault a single person for that because it's the off season. Everyone kind of mourns the the loss of the season in their own way. Uh, but we did get, we got four questions, all pretty good questions, if I do say so myself. So Sarah, what do we got? Yeah, our first question from Brian Hartstad, big fan of Packaday Podcast Wednesday Trio. Roger says he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. What do you think defines a rebuild? And then food question, favorite appetizer you've ever had. I, I think rebuild to me is like a, um, you've got, you've got to tear that down somewhat. Like, cause he talked about Rogers said, and I kind of mentioned earlier, I don't want to be part of a rebuild, but like a reload is fun. And a reload would be like, I think kind of what they did this year a little bit. You kind of, you have your vets, you know, in this, in this case, you had Randall Cobb, you've got Aaron Jones, you've got Mercedes Lewis, you've got Tony, you've got guys that have been there for a while, but then you, you amp that up a little, you inject some youth, but it, and it takes a little while to get going. So you got, you know, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and, you know, Quay Walker and, and, uh, and Devontae Wyatt on the defense. So you've, you've got this core of vets that are there and you're just, you're injecting some youth while you're kind of shuttling some of the older vets like that. That's kind of a, you know, one to two year process or something, kind of get all that back up and running. Rebuild is like not necessarily stripping it all down to the studs, but man, like more or less rebuild is like, we've got, 
a couple guys on this team. So we've got two to five guys that are untradeable. We're not listening for, they're not listening to everyone else up for grabs. We got the guys that we want to be the nucleus of the next team and anyone else we're up for trade discussions. We're up for whatever. Like that to me is a rebuild is you, you, you got like your one or two guys or again, two to five or however many, not very many because you're rebuilding and then say everyone else, we're going to kind of bring in some younger guys. We're going to basically supplement the roster with bodies. And you're looking at a three to four year, like minimum turnaround on that. So that, that to me, it's, it's more like you've got a reload is almost, you've got 60 to 70% of your roster set and you're kind of injecting some of these younger guys in there and shuttling off some of those bigger contracts where a rebuild is like, you're keeping 20% of your core guys and then the rest of it's up for grabs. So that, that to me, it's kind of a rebuild. And I know that's a, it's general terms because I don't think it's the same, but a rebuild's almost like, you know, it if you see it, but that's kind of my thoughts on, on what the difference between that is and favorite appetizer I ever had. I don't, I've never, I don't know that I've had an appetizer. I'm like, well, that was awesome. That's the best thing I've ever eaten. Um, but I will go just shout out to Sheboygan uh, is there's a, there's a little hole in the wall sports sports bar up there called champs. They've got tremendous cheese curds. Uh, some of the best cheese curds I've ever had. And so I will just go with those. They've got wings as well. And so I'll do, you know, cheese curds was the appetizer. We do wings for the uh, wings for the meal. I'll do the cheese curds at Champs and Sheboygan because those, the, we only had them a couple times, but they have not missed yet. Yeah. And then as far as the rebuild and reload question, um, Rogers actually said on Pat McAfee um, yesterday that reload is when you really only need one or two more guys. You're just a couple guys away from, what you feel is a good chance of winning at all. I think that's a great way to sum it up. And the way I see a rebuild is you have one guy and you want to build the entire team around them versus, you know, just having um, one or two, like Rogers mentioned. So that's a good way to sum it up. Um, And favorite appetizer I've ever had. There's, well, my favorite appetizer period is spinach and artichoke dip or spinach and cheese dip. They're interchangeable for me. Um, And there's a local place by me that literally just has the best spinach and cheese dip they put it in one of those big cups and it's like overflowing with a, like a Parmesan crusted cheese on the top. It, it is absolutely delicious and it comes with unlimited chips then. So I literally get as many chips until that whole bowl is empty um, and it is fantastic. Our next question is from Chris and they want to know, it's this time next year. Joe Barry is still Green Bay's defensive coordinator. And his defense is in the top 10 in the league. Put on your great gazoo hat and tell us, how was this feat accomplished? His players bullied him into into playing a way they want to play in a way that they're playing an aggressive defense. That's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's it, right? Like, I think Barry is a guy... You know, I don't, I don't know anything about his character, but he seems like a guy who left to his own devices is just going to do what he's always done. Just kind of a bland kind of softish coverage, Bemba don't break and what we've seen, but then they also break. Like, I think he is who he is and left to his own devices. He's going to do that. The only times we've seen that change is when guys like we, we talked about this last week is when like Jair and those guys are like, listen, I have Justin Jefferson this week. And he's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jair, sir. So I think the players revolt. They don't let Barry do any of the game planning, and he's a figurehead. I mean, that's that's overblown. That's basically what it is. The, the players bully Joe Barry. That's how this feat is accomplished. Sarah, I am sorry I stole your answer. <laughs> yeah, my answer is just going to basically be that Jarrier Alexander started coaching the defense, and he and but you said it in much funnier terms than me. So, <laughs> um, so that would be it. And you know, I think it's a combination of that, and maybe they pick up 
one or two more key pieces in the off between the off season and the draft and that you know helps them feel a bit more comfortable with where they're at um while i do think they have a lot of talent there are certainly some gaps um that we saw throughout the year that hurt them as well. So if they're able to level up in certain positions in the secondary, that would be helpful. Um, then, and then they're a bit more aggressive with their approach. I think that that gives them a good shot. All right. Our next question is from at J underscore train 33. And they want to know what all in move do you want the Packers to make cap space? Be damned. Yeah, a tough time with this one because I was looking at the uh, the unrestricted free agents for next year, and I was like, Jesse Bates. I want Jesse Bates, the up and coming safety. And I was like, that's not an all in move. That's just that's a, that's a good move. I don't think it's an all in move. So I don't know, man. Trade for Kyle Shanahan and just convince him to be your offensive coordinator. Uh, that's one. Um, you know, bring Stefan Diggs in, throw a whole bunch of, uh, of picks and just get Stefan Diggs, but then also Devontae Adams. I don't. I, I mean, you look at you think of like uh, all in moves. I looked at the free agent class. Listen, man, there's not a whole lot of guys on the free agent class. So you're like, bring that guy in, bring those, these two or three guys in. And those are going to change the things. No. I mean, if you want like all in, all in, all in moves, I think you're going to need to trade for someone. And then all the things I just said, completely ridiculous, uh, except the Devonte Adams one. I feel like you could feel like something could happen there. That man probably wants out of there. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Um, just, just sign a bunch of free agents, but they can't. The camps, cast race be damned. That's true. But like, I don't know. Again, Jesse Bates, Jesse Bates is my number one. If that tells you where my head's at. Yeah. For me, it's just like acquire anyone on defense that you can. That is a piece. Like is, is Micah Parsons available? Like <laughs> anyone that is, you know, just out there and, and willing uh, to come to green Bay and help bring the Lombardi home. Sure, you know, hey, on the offensive side of things, just go get Justin Jefferson. Cap space, be damned, you know, whatever's possible. Um, but, you know, a real answer where I think they, they could use help, and um, I alluded it to before, is, you know, I, I know Savage will be back next year, but he really struggled in that position this year and maybe finding someone that can at least compliment him and somebody that, you know, can play the majority of the snaps and Savage can um, come in or they can shift him around when they did shift him around. He seemed like he was a bit more comfortable and did things better. Um, that would be helpful. And I don't, you know, have a name, but that's a, a bit more realistic answer of what they should probably do. Um, if they do acquire someone, Jesse Bates, the name is yep. Jesse Bates. Sarah. There you go. <laughs> Our last question is from at Ann Fiverr. I don't know if I said that correctly, but I tried my best. If Rogers is traded, what is the likeliest compensation? Am I wrong to think that it will be less than a first-round pick? My reasons are Rogers will be 40, is declining, contract is pretty bad, might play just one year, etc. That's why I don't think other teams will or should be thrilled. I think what you're failing to take into account here is that some other teams are lunatics, and they are beholden to owners uh that that may or not, may not just say get that man i don't care if you look at like what's been happening with indianapolis who first of all like I, it sounds like actually possibly considering jeff saturday as head coach like they're interviewing him for potentially the head coach position going forward which is insanity but ursay is ursay's unhinged and he wants to win now is will he give a first round for aaron Rodgers, who's just one year removed 
from a back-to-back MVP season? You you bet. You absolutely bet that Jim Irsay will. So I think, you know, at all, you say this a lot, it only takes one team. And I think there's a lot of teams out there that think their window is now. And you have owners, you have coaches that have admired Aaron Rodgers for a very, very long time, GMs as well, that just say, we're one piece away. Rodgers is like, yes, aging, but also can still play. I don't think, you know, his numbers are not great this year. He's not as bad as he looked this year. I mean, I, I, I stand on that. All the, if, if people think Rogers is washed, I, I don't agree with that at all. I think he's still very good. If not, you know, quite where he was, you know, two years ago, but I, I still think he's a very good quarterback and help a team win. And you get a coach, you get a GM, you get an owner that has seen him just destroy their teams or destroy other teams for years and years and go, we're one piece away. I want that guy. You look at where the Raiders are right now. I mean, maybe they're going to go after, Tom Brady after that Bucks game, who knows? Uh, people are going to want Tom Brady, but he's he's a free agent. McDaniel's is out there, so maybe Brady goes there. But if they feel like they're a piece away, listen, man, Mark Davis reunite him with with Devonte Adams. We saw we did with Devonte Adams. You don't think Mark Davis would throw a first round pick at Aaron Rodgers? Like I, off the top of your head, you could think of a handful of owners that would do that. So I think in a vacuum, if you look at this like logically in terms of age and how much time he has left and kind of is waffling every year. Maybe you only get one year out of him. Like, yes, that's true. But some teams are desperate and want, and GMs are desperate and coaches are desperate and they want to win now. And you're, you're talking about an all-time great quarterback that just came off back-to-back seasons, back-to-back MVP seasons who played through a broken thumb while also a whole bunch of offensive line shuffling while also a whole bunch of receivers, young receivers, and guy, even vet receivers who at the beginning of the season didn't know where they were supposed to be. So you take all those into consideration, you can see a lot of teams talking themselves into a first-round pick. So as far as likeliest compensation, I don't know. Because, again, if it's Mark Davis, if it's someone like that, that Jim Irsay wants to go after him, they'll throw multiple. They'll throw a first, a second, a third, multiple first. Who knows? I don't know because those guys are crazy, and I'm not as crazy as them. So I, I don't. I think it's hard to pick out a compensation package, but I, I think there are absolutely teams that would be willing to offer a first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the Broncos-Seahawks trade this past offseason and what was given up for Russell Wilson and how it really was just a colossal failure, at least after one year, I mean, they gave up three players – and five draft picks, including first and second rounders in 2022 and 2023 uh, to acquire Russell Wilson from this the Seahawks. So Russell Wilson, obviously the last few years was good. He was talented. Don't think he was even as good as Aaron Rodgers. Like Dusty was just saying, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP back to back just a couple of years ago and faced a lot of adversity this year that maybe cause him to play at a lower level. So if teams are willing, teams that are desperate, like the Broncos were, are willing to give up that much for Russell Wilson, I'd be willing to bet they'd be giving up just as much or even more to get Aaron Rodgers. Um, So that's just kind of a, a good reference point to think about. All right, Dusty, that wraps it up for this week. Any final thoughts before we go? No, not really. I mean, I've got, um, you know, writing is kind of on pause at the moment just because, you know, season's done and my week to week is done. So I did, I did a video this past week. What I'm going to try to do is a video or write up probably once a week, a couple times a week, uh, during the postseason just to kind of look at what other teams are doing. It's kind of what I like to do. So I did a video this past week on a really nice play concept from, uh, from the 49ers. And I, I love watching the 49ers offense in part because, uh, Shanahan is is such a great play designer, such a great play sequencer. There's so much fun stuff there. They're loaded 
with talent. But beyond that, I mean, the, their system is very closely tied to what Green Bay wants to do. And so it's fun to kind of watch them, watch the wrinkles Shanahan's pulling off of stuff that the Packers are running every week and go, ooh, the Packers could work that in. So I got I did one of those um, this past week. That was fun. It's on YouTube. I may end up doing a write-up of that on my Substack. So I'll be doing that throughout the postseason, something to that effect. And then kind of starting to – get my off season plan around kind of do some, my season recap stuff, some how they did with concepts down and distance, stuff like that. Uh, full look at their RPO. And then I'm kind of trying to put together something at some point this off season, that'd be like a lessons learned from watching film for 10 years or whatever. So kind of these big picture stuff. So I'm kind of starting to work on that a little bit as well. Um, so that's kind of, that's what I'm working on. No real week to week stuff, but it's, it's, it's the off season. I'm, <laughs> I'm winding down. I don't get into the draft really. So it's, I'm trying to figure out next steps at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of like we said last week, thanks to everyone for listening. We, we, we certainly appreciate you guys listening to us, even even as the playoffs are raging and the Packers are not in it. Uh, we know it's kind of a big ask, but we appreciate you guys sticking with us, sending questions, all that stuff. We, we really appreciate all you guys. Yeah, and one of the crazy things is, is it's on Monday because, you know, years have gone by and days change. Will actually be, I believe, our fourth year anniversary Ooh, of podcast together, crazy. right? Four years. I think we started in 2018. So that's no. insane. Is it five? I don't even know. I've lost <laughs> track at this point. Um, no, no, we started in 2019. So yes, this will be our four-year podcast anniversary on Monday. I have it in my calendar. That's it's crazy. on Monday, January 23rd. So uh, for those of you that have been listening the entire four years to the three of us talk about the Packers and everything and anything in between. Um, I know we started out every other uh, Thursday we would be on, no, and then no. now we're every Wednesday, and we have been for quite some time, except during draft season. So just thank you all as always for listening. I'm, I just feel so lucky that I get to do this, and it's such a just lovely part of my week every week. Um, and Dusty, thank you. Steve, you're not here. Thank you. I, I just couldn't have been paired with – two better people and um, truly just love the both of you. And I'm so glad we get to do this. So on that note, thank you, everyone. We will be back next week with an update on another Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, although there'll be no decision then, according <laughs> to number 12 himself. You can follow us on Twitter at Sarah Kelher 4 at Dusty Evely, at Steve Perhatch, and of course, at Pack-A-Day Podcast. We will see you next week. And as always, Go Pack Go! ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done